And welcome back to this month's episode of That's Haram. Hello. Hello. I am super high energy all of a sudden. Can't you tell? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thanks for being with us. I was starting school. Corey's in it. It just didn't want to work, but we're here. We made it happen. I'm, I'm just like having fits over a clown horn in the background. I can't get over the clown horn. Yay, L.A. It could be worse. If it's not the ice cream truck, it's a power outage, or it's the pizza van, or the clown horn. Wait, the pizza van has a clown horn? That's kind of incredible. Oh, no, no, no. The pizza van goes along playing this weird Italian-ish type jingle, and then there's like fresh pizza. Amazing. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. No. Although all of those things are, in fact, haram, so that's haram. Um, we're going to do a quick roundup of a couple of different elements that we haven't, they're not necessarily full episode worthy, but they're worth commenting on. And then we're going to end off of a revert thing that's a little bit more in depth, but we thought we'd do the roundup first. That way it's not like, oh, let's go big in depth and veer suddenly off course. (laughs) (laughs) They're used to it. It's fine. So anyways, um couple of mentions of some positive representation we we were seeing uh the old guard sahara do you want to explain that one because i haven't actually watched the movie yet <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were suppo- okay it's fine anyways for those of you who aren't behind the times and have finally watched this movie which is definitely a good one the old guard is all about these immortals who meet each other over the courses of their lives they dream of each other until they find one another and the movie is about Niall Freeman is played by, oh my land tie, just blanked on her name. Press that, I'm gonna find out. But anyways, Charlie Theron finds her and brings her into the fold. But the reason we wanted to talk about it was two of the characters met during the Crusades, which is haram and not romantic, but they fall in love after like killing each other a billion times. And one of them is a Muslim character whose name is Yusuf Al-Qasani, but he starts going by Joe, which is an actually pretty common thing that happens with Arabic names. And so I just thought it was an interesting movie because we don't ever get to see, especially in like movies where there's going to be a major violence, the expectation is that the gay character or the person of color, in this case, the black character is going to die. And like they do die, but they get to come back. So it's okay. So it's not like a permanent barrier gaze. Um, and it's like actually, an unbarrier gaze scenario. Yeah. And what's really cool is Greg Graca, who wrote the comics, he refused to sell the movie until like someone agreed to keep the gays in the way that he had written them. And so that was really cool because Gina, who directed it, amazing, was like, no, like we're gonna keep it exactly like you want. And so it was really fun to watch Marwan Kanzari, who plays Joe, and um, Luca, whose last name I will not pronounce correctly, who plays Niccolo, Nikki, um, interact with each other. And not only that, for those of you who have yet to see it, you've probably seen just if you're on Tumblr or even Twitter, but there's a whole scene in the middle of the movie where um, the bad guys are really rude, and Yusuf Joe goes on this whole thing about how amazing his boyfriend is, and how he's like the love of his life, and the moon, and the stars, and the sun, and it's just super amazing, because you don't ever get to see that with gay characters, so that's really cool. My one thing about this movie, though, that I think is worth bringing up, and, um, you know, if we were to do a full episode, we would get into it a lot more in depth, is that it is about people who are, you know, fighters, and have been in war, and so I think that he get a little bit problematic in that I mean just thinking about the crusades 
uh, the sheer number of Muslims and Jews who are killed and harmed due to that. So it can get a little bit dicey, I think, for viewers of various backgrounds to be like, oh, here are these gay characters. Right. Um, well, I mean, I did actually see part of, like, I saw that one particular scene that Sahar is talking about where Joe is, like, waxing poetic about his boyfriend. But she does make a good point of, like, that there are things to be considerate about just regarding backgrounds. Because, you know, um, Western Christendom has done some things that are not great, and we should just be sensitive and uh, I figured out who the actress was immediately after I said I forgot. It's Kiki Lane, who is amazing, and she should be Storm if we are ever blessed with a good X-Men movie. But I'm not holding my breath because, well, when have we ever had good? Oh, well, Logan was okay. But anyways, at the point, <laughs> Kiki Lane is great. <laughs> if you are into movies that aren't really about superheroes, but people who have powers, it's a good movie. And I have marathon read all of the fanfic that has come out since it came out. So, yeah. That's old guard. Okay, so moving on, I know you had two other items on your list. Oh, okay, we're not taking turns. Well, the next thing I was going to say, uh, there is a character named Zahra who is on this TV show called Glitch Text. It's from Nickelodeon, and it's available on Dis- It's available on Disney. It's available on Netflix, which is where other shows are also available. And it's about these... Um, I don't actually know if they're teenagers or if they're just, like people who work with teenagers, but their whole job is to deal with glitches in video games because if the glitches get out of video games, they'll ruin the world. And so it's just nice to have a hijab-wearing character who isn't treated as a token character, (coughs) Young Justice, or, you know, treated in other negative ways. And I've only watched the first two episodes, but I'm excited to see her in the rest and to, you know, get a better idea of what her character is like. But every GIF and video that I've seen, she's been really cool. So if you're into cartoons, animated media, I recommend Glitch Tech a lot. Glitch Text, excuse me, a lot. Um, and she's also portrayed by a woman named Zara. So I just think that's really funny. Like that's. So I don't know if they named her because of the character, and vice versa. But it's just cool to have that. Um, I'm gonna cut in really quick. Speaking of yeah. haram things, the bold yeah. type. What we found oh out. God. Oh my god. <clears throat> oh my god. Okay, so. Do you want to take this one or do you want me to take this one? Because I can go for 12 years, but you told me I'm not allowed to do that. So you may no, be you're not allowed it. to do that. I'm going to do it just so we can keep this down uh, time-wise. <laughs> Basically, uh, the actress who plays – I just Cat. blanked. Cat. Yeah, the actress <laughs> who plays Cat wrote a lengthy Instagram. <laughs> Most of you have probably seen it by now. Yeah, um, it was in July, Aisha D. so we're, we're a little late. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Aisha D was talking about, you know, she had been frustrated with, uh, you know – the lack of diversity in the writer's room and especially the choices they were making with her character. Um, Some of you probably were like, why is she dating a white conservative Republican whose father is pro terrible therapy? So she had kind (laughs) of, she'd spoken out and had finally uh, been like this. I'm really hoping this can change. And to their credit, free form, at least publicly was like, thank you for bringing this to our attention. So yeah, for those of you who have been like, man, all of this with um, Kat and Adina has been haram from the get-go. Well, yeah, because there's no diversity in the writer's room. So <clears throat> that's what happens. And 
I have to add that not only is there no diversity in the writer's room, not that this is ever the case, right? Like anytime someone's like, oh, I couldn't find any writers, they're lying and their pants are on fire and you shouldn't put the fire out. But there was a lesbian Pakistani writer who literally tried for the first season, Fauza Mirza, who you can find on Twitter at the F-A-W-Z, literally was like, no, I, I tried to have, uh, you know, words are failing me. I was going to say audition, but that's not what writers do. I submitted my application and they didn't accept me. But on the other side, I do want to make clear, and for those of you who've been reading my writing, you know that I've been talking a lot about writer's rooms and um, true diversity behind and, and inclusion, right, behind the scenes of a TV show or a production. Even if you have inclusive writer's rooms, it doesn't matter if your showrunner is white and refuses to listen to those writers. So for example, recently I published an interview that I did with Kamran Pasha, who's worked on a number of series. Uh, some of you will notice I did not include one of the shows he was most recently on. You can look up what it is on IMDb. I won't get it into it. But it is clear that if you have showrunners who just hire for the sake of looking like they are diverse and because they are pretending to care, it comes across in the media and the actual content of the show or the movie, <laughs> New Mutants, or other things. You, you, it's very clear when people are Also aren't speaking of Haram. <laughs> so it's just frustrating because I think if Freeform had given a shit, excuse my French, but if they'd given a damn and if they had just hired a diverse writer's room, then Kat and Adina from the start would have always been really well-written characters. And frankly, the fact that you can't get me to care about either of them as characters because that's how poorly they've been written is a problem. And so I think that also speaks to, if Faza's one person to have that experience, that was probably the case for a lot of people who applied for the job. And so I think that's really frustrating because ultimately now with COVID, should the show get renewed, who knows if it'll ever get filmed. And if the show's canceled, then the optics of that are also really haram and problematic as well. And I think ultimately what it, does, what it just does is it puts Aisha D and Nicole Boucheri and also the other um, actors of color in a really shitty place because this is their livelihood. They get paid to play these characters. But if the characters are so wildly different from season one, then it's clear that the writers are continuing their approach for the PSA style, every episode is surrounding a topic. So for example, Jane's breast cancer, things like that, nothing is being given. It's not just that they're harming the characters of color and the actors of color, they're harming everyone because they're writing everything to a very specific, we're just gonna write around this topic, but they're not really thinking about how it really impacts people. And we also know that even in places where the showrunners do have truly inclusive writers rooms. As we've seen this summer, a lot of different showrunners have been fired or, you know, quote, quit, unquote, or have been asked to leave for a variety of reasons across a variety of networks. And all of the underrepresented writers who do the work that makes the shows actually good never get to move up. So the WGA West, I'm not into this too much, you can read about it, but they posted a whole, um, research project that they had done on the number of underrepresented writers and how they don't get to move up the actual ladder. Like they can come back as writers multiple times and some of them are being told, oh no, you have to start over. So even though you wrote for a show that had 22 episodes, we're gonna make you do the same role all over again. You're not gonna get to move up and therefore you never get to be showrunner. And so then we're stuck with the same problem of all of these networks are pretending like they care about black lives or Latino lives or whoever but then they're actually doing the work of hiring people at the highest level to get those stories written. And I think, frankly, like right now, 
with everything that's going on, people are just sick and tired of it. And should TV and film come back to the level that we were used to, I actually could see a lot of people just being like, you know what, we're not even going to mess with this anymore. So broadcast could truly, I mean, they already don't have viewers, but they could lose a lot more because even on Netflix, folks won't watch that stuff. So it's just frustrating. And I told myself I wouldn't talk about the bull type again, but alas, the news made me. So here we are. Feel better? Yes, mostly. I'm still going to fight them. (laughs) Okay. Well, was there anything else before we move on to like my big meat and potatoes bit? No, if I remember, I will just bring it up anyway. Okay. So something I wanted to talk about, um, especially as it pertains to a revert, being a revert, especially if you're a revert who grew up Christian and then reverted to Islam, is watching media, um, especially Western media, which is just marinated in white Christian mythos. And a big topic... or I guess a big conversation point for several years in media has been um, eschatology, especially Christian eschatology. Mm -hmm. Now to give a quick breakdown of what eschatology is, because I'm sure, you know, not everybody is familiar with it, but it's basically relating to death, judgment, the end of the world, destiny of the soul, all of that stuff. So Christian eschatology in specific, you know, like Judgment Day, hell, the many layers of hell, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we have entire series around it, like um, Lucifer, which Mm. just, you know, its fifth season just dropped on Netflix recently. Um, We have entire shows and movies dedicated to themes of Christian eschatology. And if you grow up and you're steeped in it, you know, like this is the media that you intimately understand and i you know if you're not a christian i'm sure as sahara could be like you're watching it and you're like oh some of this seems silly so something i wanted to talk about as a revert is seeing these themes again after you have reverted or you know experience that what i i like to call liberation from hellfire <laughs> because you know when you grow up as a christian it's you know hell is eternal like when you die you go to hell or you go to heaven that's it right right so you know we've talked a little bit on this channel um on the show you know in islam that is not necessarily the case mostly not the case unless you're just like super 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 bad we don't even get to make that call um, right about who stays in hell for all eternity you know mostly it's you die Allah is like, mm, you got some stuff to work on still. You go there for a period <laughs> till you work on it, and then you get to go to heaven. I, and I am like way, way grossly simplifying this. Um, Wait, though, you have to say, you know what? Never mind. Don't, never mind. Go, keep going. I apologize. Just never mind. <laughs> I'm, no, go ahead. Say it. No, I was just going to say, think something too that for people who aren't Muslim listening to us, they're like, okay, that sounds cool. But one of the things that is really different about Islam is that the imagery of like, the devil on the left side of your, like the left shoulder and the angel on the right side kind of like telling you what to do is kind of similar in that in Islam, how it works is we have two angels who don't tell us anything. They just hang out with us and they're writing down every single thing we've ever done in our our entire lives. Like every breath that we take, every step that I was about to start singing the song, (laughs) but I stopped myself. (laughs) Okay, Sting. (laughs) It just comes rolling off your tongue. I can't help it. Um, But 
Oh, man. Anyways, at least I didn't go off on about ice cream. It's fine. They write yes. everything down. And then the day of judgment, what happens is your books are weight. So you've got your book of deeds and you've got your book of sins. Whichever is heavier indicates where you're going first. So if you are like right on the cusp of like, I'm, again, I'm simplifying for the sake of the conversation. Also, I'll let it best, right? If you have a little bit more that's bad, sit for whatever reason, then when you pass Pulsithar, which is like the bridge to heaven, hanging over hell, essentially, then you will either go across the bridge really quickly if you have a lot of good deeds, or you'll go across the bridge really slowly if you have a lot of bad deeds, and then you'll fall in, which is a really intense image. And if they ever use it in TV, I think it would be really interesting to think about. But like Corey was saying, once you've been punished for whatever those bad deeds were that did put you in hell, then you get to go on to heaven. The only difference is if you did go to hell, you might just go to a lower level of heaven, but that doesn't mean you don't ever get to see heaven. And so we don't have that unending punishment again, unless it's like, you're really, really bad. And we can't even make that judgment call. So it doesn't really matter. It's, it's a moot discussion. So ultimately Islam is very much like if you are truly repentful of your sins and if your intention genuinely is good and your impacts aren't bad, then like, you're going to be fine. But Christianity, according to like me growing up, like I know so much of Christianity because I grew up in the freaking South. Like I grew up in Texas around pretty much every denomination of Christianity you can think of because it's Texas. And even when I'm watching movies now, I'm just like, this movie is steeped in so much Christian imagery that the directors probably don't even realize because it's just a subconscious thing that now bleeds into people's work. Versus for me and now Corey having reverted, Corey's going to pick up on every single difference and be like, whoa this is really, really, you know, whatever the feeling is that Corey might have, depending on whether it's a Hallmark Christmas movie to like just a horror movie, right? Because everything gets imbued with meaning. Basically, it's for a revert, you're really going to be noticing how steeped in Christian mythos a lot, especially eschatology, a lot of our media is. And, you know, with Halloween coming up. Ah, um, haram. Yeah, I, I didn't actually want to don't know if it's haram, but like I going up, we were told it's haram, so it's hard to like divorce myself from that. So haram. <laughs> I mean, like my upbringing <laughs> around Halloween was not religious at all. It was more along the lines of um, don't eat unwrapped candy. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I have been trick or treating once in my whole life, and that's only because we went trick or treating for UNICEF. Because according to my parents, how our parents dressing their children up as ghosts and ghouls and creepy things. That's not acceptable. And we never gave out candy because why would we do such a thing? So <laughs> Halloween for me is a very interesting I mean, uh, is Halloween wrong or is it just a matter? Uh, I mean, I, obviously if you're doing, well, I mean, if it's religious, it's your religion. You know, well, like, I know a lot of people celebrate Samhain or well, you know, that's different. Um, the Day you of the Dead that, no. or Santa Muerta. That you know, well, no, I now was, I'm interested. Like, man, I'm just- looking. Okay, I'm looking it up. Uh, I'm assuming that the short version of this answer is it just depends on the school of thought. As Corey and I have discussed before, and actually some of our earliest listeners will know, when Corey was first doing the process of learning about Islam, she went off the deep end and was asking me <laughs> questions about things I had never even heard of, or if I had heard of them, my response was like, "They're dead. This does not matter right now." <laughs> So, okay, Sahara was so, like, chill, here's this book called Islam for Idiots. Please go read this before you ask me anything else. I feel like I 
was a little bit nicer, but mostly it was just like, I felt unequipped to tell you all the answers because I'm not a religious scholar. I'm just this, well, at the time I was, God, 24? We're crusty. We're not even that old, but it makes me feel old knowing that it's been so long. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. The point is, I don't know if Halloween is considered haram as like a concept. I think it's more the idea of like, it's like with anything that has to do with capitalism is if you're going all in to decorate your house and you're doing all of these things that are costing money because you're celebrating like dressing up, I think that's different than like those who clearly are using Halloween as a day to honor their dead or thinking about like clearly Halloween has different uh, experiences across the world. But growing up, my parents being very, very Bangladeshi immigrants were like, no, we're not walking you around this neighborhood to take candy from strangers. That's dangerous. Also, my mother watched way too much Dateline and Nightline when I was younger. Bless her heart. And then I think the other part was, why are you, like, I think if Halloween was dressed up as nice things, it would be a lot less stressful for some folks. But dressing up as, like, literal, like, scream, you know, ghosts and killers and stuff and, like, skeletons is Well, I know, hard. like... In my family, like the one thing that was always off limits was like you never dress up as a raven, and that's for cultural purposes of like right, definitely raven is no no. That is like the ultimate ultimate no 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 no. That is off limits. Um, but my parents were generally like try to have they wouldn't let us do the horror stuff. It was like yeah, oh you can I don't know why because this is not me at all. But one year I just absolutely wanted to go in like a poodle skirt and my mom was like are you sure and I was like yeah it's great oh my, my mom gosh. was like really and I was like yeah I want to do it and so she we found one and my mom was just like my poor mother is like this is the only time in your life you've ever wanted to wear a dress why what is happening well it's for Halloween so it's not the same thing at all <laughs> yeah Anyway, so a lot of media around Halloween is, getting back on track, is very much steeped in Christian eschatology. So um, if you are a revert and you have been noticing things (laughs) since (laughs) you reverted, I would love to hear what you've noticed because I'm sure you've noticed things that I haven't noticed or I've noticed things y'all haven't noticed. And if, you know, you grew up Muslim and you're like, I just think all of this is silly and it's always been silly, then, you know, let me know that too. We have um, actually a fundamentals community that we have built. Uh, we'll put a link in the article that this episode is posted in at the bottom that you can go check out. Um, that's a little bit easier to have discussion than just a comment thread. But we have a community over there that if you all want to chime in on any of these discussions or raise your own points or you just want to be like, Corey, I think you're ridiculous. And Sahara is right. You should have just read Islam for idiots first, you know, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you just have questions that you still haven't put in the comments, like we want to know what you want to hear about, because clearly there are people listening to us from all over the world. So tell us what you want to hear. Yeah. Shout out to our uh, listeners from Dublin. Thank you. I don't know what you see in us, but I'm glad you're sticking around. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. We totally don't know what you see in us, but we're glad you're tuning in. Um, you know, shout out to you We're y'all. the worst at advertising ourselves ever. <laughs> I don't even know how y'all found us, but thank you. Um, but yeah, we, are, we will link to the community page that you guys can go and start participating in if you would like to. Um, also, don't forget, we are part of the Fundamentals Network of podcasts and i taylor wrote them all down for me bless her heart i'm so proud so we do have other podcasts if you want to take a listen to those uh ladies first 
beneath the screen of the ultra critics, the fundamentalists, unabashed book snobbery. Obviously, that's Haram. Sartorial <laughs> splendor. And then we also have a weekly TTRPG um, RPG live play called Pay Forge Academy. They're really awesome. Um, if you want to check them out, they have new episodes up every Friday. Thanks for bearing with us. Hopefully yes. our technology, clown car, ice cream truck, <laughs> Sahar's distractions, the internet, I think I might have said that already, will all hopefully work for our next episode because we'd like to give you guys the, you know, the short, quick, and I'm, well, I don't know who's getting to commute these days, but see, distraction, once again. The point I'm trying to make is we like to do the short episodes because not everyone wants to sit around for 45 minutes to an hour, but we also like to do the more educational, like truly plotted out, outlined, Taylor style, here are 100 sources style Mm. episodes as well. So again, you know where to find us. You know where to find me on Twitter. You know where to find the fundamentals on Twitter. Feel free to contact us. Thank you for listening. I hope you are all staying safe and sound in these really, really intense times. Wear a mask. I'm going to say wear wear a mask mask and go vote this fall. Yes. And if you're not in the U.S., then don't worry about voting in the fall. Vote whenever you need to vote in your country and still wear a mask and just take a second to take a deep breath because I know that we all need it. Thank you. Bye.